Welcome to the Manology Project Podcast. I am your host, Quentin Crumby. And on this channel, we're going to be discussing what true manhood looks like as we understand our value, our identity, and our purpose as men using godly principles. Now let's get to it. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Quentin, and I am back with the Manology Project podcast, another episode. Glad to have you guys back here with us. Uh, and you know what we do here, man. We talk about God. We talk about men issues and problems and headaches that we have as men. And uh, we dive in and we try to get solutions so that we can be better men, better Christian men, better men for our families, our wives, our kids, our jobs, our business. Uh, we just want to be better all over. Uh, today, man, we got an awesome topic on today. One of my listeners uh, texted me and asked me if we could start diving into some uh, the way that we handle ourselves as Christian men. And so uh, the first uh, topic that they said they would love to hear about uh, would be as to how to lead our families as Christian men. Uh, so I could have done this episode all by myself and gave you all of my, you know, points and all that stuff. But I thought it'd be best just to bring one of my good friends on, uh, Mr. Andre Ebron. And this guy is a stellar guy. He is the author and of, of books. And this guy's got his own podcast, the drawing, uh, the drawing board podcast. And when I tell you, I'm gonna have him on in a minute. He's just tell you what he's got going on. But, uh, this guy is a stellar, uh, guy in my eyes. Uh, I love what he's doing with his family. I love what he's doing with his business. And so I thought that if we're going to talk about leading as Christian men's and our families, I think that he will be a good guy that can actually help us have this dialogue. So I want to introduce my buddy here, Andre Ebron. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, Q? What's going on, family? Glad to be on the show. Thank you for the invite. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you once again, man, for coming on and uh, to just jump into this uh, great conversation, man, around uh, leading our families as Christian men. Um, like we were talking before, man, just a, just a conversation on what is the best way, man? Now, so we see culture and the way the world is spinning now that it, you can't even really define what a man is anymore, right? So they're trying to strip this, the whole language, the definition around a man and recreate it to something else, which is unbelievable to me that we are in the 21st century and we are now trying to figure out what is a man or how should a man be, live or raise or lead his family, right? Uh, so let's just kind of talk about that uh, from your own experience as a father, business owner stuff, what do you take away? You take away, what do you take away from this culture trying to redefine us? Well, for me and, you know, Q over history, over time, culture and Christ have never been congruent, right? It is. Um, and I'm, and I am not upset with what the culture is wanting to do to identify uh, what they believe is the truth based upon their particular belief system. But right. as a Christian man within culture, I must begin to identify and espouse principles that align with the word with the word of God. Right. And instead of criticizing, uh, you know, what the world is doing, just be an example, a better example of what it means to be a Christian man that lives according to biblical principles. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, until I'm able to have conversations with people who have questions about like structural identity and what it means to be a man and defining manhood uh, either by hypersexuality or 
there, there was huge conversations about toxic manhood and, you know, all these different right. topics, right? But, <laughs> right. but people weren't, weren't broaching the topic of <clears throat> what does it mean for biblical manhood, right? right. So we're having tons of these conversations, uh, a lot of the conversations being trauma-informed about what people had gone through. Yeah. Uh, but no one wanted to really broach the topic of what it means, except for on this show. Right. What it means for <laughs> biblical manhood. Right. Right. And so uh, being made in the image and the likeness of God, uh, I define leadership by service and influence. And so uh, I can only lead effectively to the potentiality of my ability to serve. Right. Right. And right. then not my ability to serve in a generic frame but my specific ability to serve that creates a positive result with the people, families, uh, culture and climate of my, my business and my organization and where I work, when I can effectuate positive change um, yeah. that cause people to feel seen, heard and valued, that to me is what biblical manhood is all about. Right. Man, see you you jumped all the way ahead, hitting me with that influence. <laughs> we listen, we go we we're gonna circle back around that because I, I literally want to hear your, your take on that, uh on that influence piece. Uh but if you had to take a young man, you know, so like I do mentoring of men um on husbands and then single guys. So this that's one of my purpose, which is why I created the podcast, right? It's all about men. Uh, yeah. but I do a lot of mentoring around men, man. And it, I would definitely say that leading from a biblical standpoint, um, has been like a big challenge for a lot of these guys understanding, you know, the authority part of the leadership, right? So you're not a hammer, you're not sledging, you're not, you know, you're not destroying people. You're not coming to hear, you know, I am the man. Um, I was always taught that if, you actually say you're the man, then that's a problem. Uh, your family should be the people who actually say what you are, how you are, who you are. Uh, you should never, as a man, be the one that's actually vocal about what you do in your home uh, because of what you said about that influence, right? The influence that you would have on your family would actually put you in a position where your family would speak highly of you and you would rarely have to tell people what you're doing because they'll be able to look at the family that you have and see what is going on. So now my first question to both of us, and we're going to dive into this one is how do we start this walk? Like I'm saved and I know that, right? I, I, I didn't gave my life over to Christ. I got this family. We've been married five years. Stuff ain't been right. How do I now incorporate the structure of a biblical man, a Christian man? into my home now i got what i know what i would start with but i want to hear what you say you would start with <laughs> yeah uh i would start with uh the principle of love and okay. so your individual relationship with christ and i know people talk about they know that they're saved yes so that's confession and belief right yes but we're talking about like devotion and cultivating that relationship with god in a way that <clears throat> you're studying to show yourself approved Yep. You know, a workman needed not be shamed, right, rightly dividing the word of truth rightly so that you're dividing, spending yep. time in the word of God. So that for me, that is principle number one. The word of God is the first consult and final authority. Right. Yep. Because your ability for, for me, my I'll speak personally, my ability to lead uh, my family is about it. I can always tell if I'm not spending as much time in the word or if I'm not getting my prayer time in like I should. 
I can yeah. always begin to see things start to fray, right? Yeah. I, I can always tell because like that devotion that I spend each morning with God, whether it's in prayer or whether it's listening to an inspirational message or tuning in to the Manology podcast and getting some yep. food, you know, from there. Yep. It literally, I can tell that my ability to lead or influence my family is contingent upon the time that I spend with God. So number one, spending time with God. And I can hear some of the listeners saying, well, E, tell me, what is that? What does that look like? All right. So I'll break down my daily routine. Right. Yep. So I wake up, say the Lord's prayer every single morning, you know, Matthew chapter six, nine through 13. I'm in that word. Just boom. That's the baseline. I say yep. the prayer of Jabez every single morning. I declare over my day and myself. I say the favor of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of God go before me and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my, my life. My life yeah. and, and then and then what I do is I'm honest about my personality and I'm honest <laughs> about my, my proclivities. Right. Because I don't think, I don't think we have a problem with the principles. Right. Right. It's about how do those principles evidence themselves through my personality and yep. then brothers get conflicted because uh, I would you know, I would say that I have an, enough awareness of the street. And growing up, and yep. I also grew up in church, and I also, you know, am a professional, and so those dimensions of my personality show up differently, and I embrace all of them, right? Yep, yep. But where we become conflicted is when the image of Christ is being formed in us, some of those things that were our proclivities or character to our personality begin to shake, begin to shift and change, yep. and God puts you in this kind of dependent space where who you are becoming is totally contingent on faith. And for most brothers, that's uncomfortable. So get right. comfortable with being uncomfortable because the more you learn about God, the more you'll learn about you and the Dre, the Andre, Mr. Ebron, whatever title was given or right. like my personality and who I am becoming, right. you know, is even sometime foreign to me because I'm open to change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That listen, Okay, man, you said like so much. I almost wanted to be like, stop. Because <laughs> there's so many pieces. Listen, I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go drill back. Well, we're we're on the same page with number one. Um, so I did all everything you said. That relationship with God is the most important thing that has to be put in place. Uh the practices, the communication. Um I I drive my kids to school, some my daughter at least to school sometimes. Um that's my window of uh of talking to god when i'm driving uh i'm always i don't have a day without having an inspirational message whether it's from my own pastor or some other people that i trust and been listening to them for a while to know that they're going to speak the truth i think that all men need to at least listen to something inspirational around being a man daily uh, you need to find someone that you can trust. The, the Drawing Board podcast, the Menology podcast. There's a, and I'm not saying these are two only one. There are a lot of guys out there that love the Lord, live for the Lord, and they're doing it right. That you can get into what they're talking about and to fill yourself with the positive and the, the, not really the positive, but really the understanding that is needed to be a Christian man. Because um, the enemy is after headship. Mm -hmm. If you notice. The ladies, yeah, I, I can I can hit them, but I they're hit when you're hit. See, yeah. the devil understands that when men are knocked down, the rest of the world is knocked down. That's why our communities suffer. 
that's why this world is really at a, a ratchet state right now because of the kids are all over the place, but fathers are not in position. And I get it. Being a father is literally one of the hardest. Actually, do, being a husband, a father, are two of the toughest things that you could ever even be asked to do. They're Absolutely. like literally, they're like two of the hardest jobs that you can even ask to do because even though God gave us the Bible to be able to read and to be able to get understanding, it's the practical living that kicks our butt every day. Yeah, it's the it's practical real, it's real pressure. It's real pressure when you like, you know, you're like, you, you know, you're reading scriptures and you, you know, you know, submit to one another as, you know, as, as reference to Christ. So you're doing that. And then all of a sudden your wife is like all over the place and you're like, well, I'm reading the word. Why is she not? Why the reverence ain't there? Why she don't? Why is not one to another? Why is it not this? And it all stems back to how you prepare yourself with your relationship with Christ. Um, and I'm a I'm gonna jump into what you're talking about being honest. Men, we have to be honest about who we are. Like you'll never be able to grow the way God wants you to grow when you continue to hide or well hide from everybody else because God really knows he's looking for you to be honest so he can go ahead and get you moving to the next level. Not being honest will literally stump you. It stops your growth. It 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 doesn't motivate you at all. It literally has you because now you it's all self-centered. So every day you're waking up thinking about you know all your indiscretions, all your uh, inability to do this, inability to do that and and you're not really just being honest. And who should you be honest with? Your wife. Yourself, your wife, yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. yourself then your wife. Right. Your, yes, I am a loser. Yes, I do need this. And when I say loser, I mean a guy who just, you know, who don't want to get it. I'm not directly calling someone loser, but in a losing state, not loser, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm with you, you know what I mean? But yeah. the, a loser's state, like a losing mentality, which is I can't, I'll never be able to. I won't be able to do this. And sometimes you have to be able to address some things. So being honest, it will literally is a direct connection to your relationship with God, because that is what God is going to put the pressure on. And I think that we as men, we buckle a lot because God is pressing for honesty. He wants you to actually look at yourself and say that I need a savior a lot more than what I thought I did. Like you said, getting saved is just one thing. But remember, faith and works got to work together. You can't have one without the other. They both work together. Your faith in Christ is a free gift. That, that The faith or the salvation that you get from Christ is a free gift. To stay in this boy and to stay righteous, holy, and, and living for God, that's all work. That's, that's work. And that's work. what we're talking about is cultivating Christ-like character, right? And that's what we're talking and, about. Yeah, and, and building, building character or cultivating character, it takes time. Right. So a couple of things that people generally are impatient with is growing to become who they think they should be. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. Or and and then we we can get into a whole uh, looking at uh, what shapes your idea of who you should be. Right. Like whose thought is that? Are we allowing, you know, like who I always I ask myself that like I do ask myself that question. Like when something That's comes up question. as an expectation for me, I say now, whose thought is that? Like, is I, that yeah, is that something according to the word of God? Is it an, is it an external expectation of somebody that I love? 
Because right. if we're if we are being um, contorted to the image of what people expect, I guarantee, and I've been there, where you have all of these external expectations, and you know you are this person for this, you you going, and you have all these different, and I I won't just say different hats, but there are different dimensions of your personality, and I'll speak to brothers who you know maybe you were a different person in your past but your family can only relate to who they're familiar with. Right. right. And so that calls on you to, to behave in a certain way. Right. And I'll say when you talked about that, like the loser mentality or losing state is yep. that like, look at the behaviors as opposed to the identity. And when you apply those disciplines to your behavior first, your identity will start to conform to that, which you discipline yourself to believe. Right. So yeah. a lot of times when bros getting ready to correct who they are, uh, they become very critical of their identity yep. um, because that's something that you're constantly discovering. Right. Is right. that, you know, un until we leave this earth, you know, the image of Christ will yet be being formed in us. Right. right so right. Your, your identity is rooted there. But apply those disciplines to your behaviors. Right. right. So if you are sometimes if you need to be the first person up in your household. So you can set the atmosphere and the environment to yeah. walk and pray. Um, then I'll, I'll tell a brief story as it relates to being able to communicate and know your and, and talk to your wife. So years ago, my wife was pregnant with my daughter. Uh, my daughter's she'll be 16 in January. She was pregnant with my daughter. Uh, we were having a misunderstanding. I would say a, a heated debate. Let's call it that. Some people <laughs> right. will call it an, an argument. argument right? right? Yeah, we were having an argument on the phone. And, you know, and we hung up, hung, hung up the phone and I got ready to talk to the Lord. And I said, Lord, he said, bro, I'm not even trying to hear you until you get get it right. You know, with your wife. Right. So work on the work on the horizontal before you jump to the vertical. And, you know, and scripture, scripture always talks about dwell with her according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. And so what we have to do is live with our families and like. Uh, and people call it game. I'll, I'll call it the truth. I told my wife, I said, listen, I am so interested in who you are that I right. would dedicate a lifetime of getting to know you. Right. Right. And so literally begin to, you know, know your family, study your family, understand, you know, the little nuances and, and the things that will bring peace in your household. Uh, and let me tell you something. It will cause for great sacrifice. Yes. I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I've had to, <laughs> Uh, reprioritize something that I desired and put my family first that brought, watch this, it kept agreement in my home yep. and nothing in my household is greater than agreement. Right. Nothing. And so, so yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we, so the, the point I'm making is that when you are leading and you, and it doesn't feel good, because there will be times where it doesn't feel good. Right. Sometimes you feel like, you may feel like you are not on the high priority list. <laughs> right. I'm just talking straight up, you right. know, but what you have to do is understand that even when it doesn't feel good, yep. that when you prioritize a culture of availability, responsibility, accountability for your household, right. that it will work out for your good. Right. Looking at my children thrive, right. watching my wife thrive and grow, investing in them, you know, uh, it really is that sacrificial love that uh, we aren't necessarily taught, trained, 
educated right. and equipped, you know, right to to undergird. Right. And it and I think it's because basically all that stuff just sounds soft. Um it doesn't sound manly. It doesn't sound manly that I have to serve. It doesn't sound manly that I have to take a back seat. It doesn't sound manly to become a cultivator of 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 your family. Uh, I call it setting the atmosphere. Right. Same difference. Um, I tell young guy that if you don't have the ability to create this atmosphere for growth, understanding, spiritual life, uh, uh, natural living. Uh, and when I say natural living, I'm talking about going to school, getting good grades, uh, having a career and all that stuff. And then when I talk about spiritual, of course, we understand spiritual stuff. But understanding that you have to actually navigate as a husband, you have to na- navigate and cultivate and, and, and create this atmosphere for your family to be able to thrive on both of these spectrums. They both spectrum has got to, they have to be able to thrive on both spectrum because the Bible basically tells you that, hey, you can't be so, so heavenly bound. Like that you're yeah. no earthly good. So you have to be able to teach your kids how to balance. So, you know, be, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, every, you know, you always hear jokes around that. It's like, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm Holy ghost filled, baptized with the blood. And that's all good. But sometimes that become a mask to the fact that you're actually a real hurting person that need, need somebody to talk to yeah. uh, because we take trusting in God and faith and all of that stuff over the limit of actually the relationship that God actually said that he wanted his people to have. Like, like you said, stop trying to go, don't come to me e, with this and you need to go get this right with your wife. But we're trained to think that, you know, this over here. So I'm just going to go right to God. And God is like, bro, if you can't even love your brother that you see every day, there is no way. No way that you right. can. There's no way that on a on a on a, on a horizontal, uh, on a vertical level that you can actually have anything to do with me. You don't even see me. You yeah. don't see me. And right. I think that those type of scriptures to me, you know, I'm always telling my family some scriptures in the Bible are so tough because that's a tough scripture. to. I tell I want you guys to understand, do not overpass. Don't go past it. Don't step over scriptures like this because it speaks volume. Thinking that you're going to have this heated and an unloving relationship with your wife, thinking that you're going to go and get this direct connection from God. Be very careful. Be very careful that that's what you're thinking that God is going to do when his word clearly says something else. God clearly says that you better go get this boy fixed before right. you talk about coming this way, which is so crazy, right? Because it's like, I need you <laughs> to, to help, help me get this, this fixed, thing. right? <laughs> but the way that God is looking at it is that when you go this way, mm-hmm. I'm always around. See, we yeah. forget that I, God said that, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere at the same time, all the time, every time. I'm I'm at all these places. So when you're going this way, I'm right over here. I'm there too. Yeah. See, we think that we just got to go this way. Let me go. Let me go get into a consecration for 50 days. And at the end of that 50 days, you know what God is going to say? Do go do, go get some forgiveness and go get that right. So you did all that only for Him to tell you exactly what He already told you in the Word. And so I'm saying this because I want you guys, and not only you guys, but I'm still learning a lot too. But mm-hmm. To make sure that when we're diving into this relationship with Christ, that we understand that um, that relationships help us to be this example that the family needs to be able to do what they need to do. Right. Uh, I've learned more about whatever I do. The family literally just follows right behind it. 
I've been married 23 years and my family has to just follow me wherever I do, whatever I do, however I say, whatever I say. So it's very important that not only am I having a relationship with God, but actually I'm making sure that it's double checked and it's, 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 it's double checked in my relationship with God by having some accountability partners as men. Yeah, let, but let's let's unpack that, Q. Let's think about yeah, that. Yeah, that, you so, see, I had to stop and stare yeah. because no, accountability—that's no, a whole nother. <laughs> no, no, I mean that's Go ahead, good, give me that. Even, give me that. Even even beyond the like, not beyond, but before we get to the accountability, yeah. like your family follows you, not just because you are the man of the house, but because you have invested the yeah. time, the effort, the energy. Uh, you you have been available. You you're at the games. You're you're showing up. You uh, you know, you make sure that you are listening to their dreams, their goals, their aspirations and then doing things to help help them ensure yeah. that those things come to pass. Right. So you, they follow you because there's a level of trust and transparency. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I can follow you because I trust you. Right. I can trust you because you have invested. You've shown me. That right. come, you know, hell or high water, come right. challenge or discomfort, right. that you will position yourself in front of anything that's coming to hurt or harm me, that you are concerned about God's plan for my life. So, like, we got to we got to think about all of those things that at any given time of the day, we right. know that Q wants what's best for every single one of his family members. Right. And he will prioritize their interests above his own self-interest. Right. In fact, your self-interest is in, in, inextricably tied to their interest, right? Yes. Yeah. And so one thousand percent. Yeah. So it's easy, <laughs> it's easy to follow somebody when you trust them. And I'll say this in a marriage relationship, even if you've gone to the altar and you've said your I do's, that trust takes, I'm gonna say it again, takes time to build. Right. And, and they what, don't get that, E. They don't. <laughs> They think that because you said I do and you have this love, which is probably more infatuation, more lusty than it is the actual love that is going to take you to actually get through some things. That's why marriages are divorced within that first five years, because you're saying you love somebody, but you don't even know what love is until you put a lot. You have to have some longevity behind that to be able to understand. That's why you can leave somebody so quickly because you're not really rooted and grounded. And like you said, just to piggyback on that trust piece, you ain't even poured in enough stuff into the family. Right. You don't, you don't develop have enough sweat equity, right? So yeah. if I yes. could just be, say that again, yeah. say that again. Cause I said, sweat equity. Say, you don't have enough yeah. sweat equity in. So when I see couples who've been married three years, five years, and they're leading conferences on marriage, I, 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 I you know, I, I love the fact that, they have become aware of their assignment, right? So I'm exactly. not saying that they're not assigned to encourage people about marriage and to talk about the principles that govern marriage. Right. But what really works is the wisdom that comes from experience Yes. in applying those principles, right? Yep. And so when I see, you know, uh, you know, older families, my, you know, seniors, uh, one, of the, one of the questions I have for senior men that I see been married for a long time is like, why didn't you quit? Right. Why, why didn't you give up? What kept you what kept you hanging in there? Right. Uh, because there will definitely be junctures where when you're bench pressing this weight called family, that it would be easier. <laughs> it would be easier to rack, you know, to rack the weights yes. and get that temporary momentary relief. Yeah. Because that's what seems like would would 
ease the discomfort sometime at the moment. Yeah. But the reality of it is, and this is the part of marriage cue that, no, that nobody talks about. And I'm not talking about uh, that you don't have, that it's not still blissful, but right. I'm talking about the weight and the pressure of being a family man. And right. my, and, and my thing, my thing is this, is that it's about two principles, right? The, love the Lord, thy God, all yep. thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy strength. Oh, yep. Yeah. And then love your neighbor. And we, when we're talking about neighbor, we're talking about in your house, right? <laughs> we're in talking about, out, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. In and out of your house. And um, it, it leads me to that idea of, you know, the two becoming, the twain becoming one flesh, right? Yep. Like what happens when you try to tie two things together? There's friction. There's right. friction that occurs and realizing some, te- some people give up in the unifying process because yep. they can't endure the heat that comes from the friction. Yep, they can't. Right. And and then it's like when my wife and I, um, we have that we had to have honest conversations. We had yes, to realize our communication styles were different. We had yep. to realize that, you know, our upbringing, you know, produced different challenges on what we felt like family should be um, right. in, in the practical sense. Right. right. So we had the, the biblical sense, like we understand this. But now practically, how do those principles play out in our lives and what do we want to create? I would tell people, listen, use the principles to create the life that you and your family see. Right. Enjoy the freedom that is like enjoy the freedom that's in Christ. You don't necessarily have to go to three pieces, you know, a three piece suit, big tie, brim hat, you know. And no, listen, if you want to rock the hoodie and y'all, you know, like I mean, really? Yeah. Because here's the thing is that a quality family a successful family. I want the brothers listening right now. I want you to get the image that comes to mind when I say successful family. Right. There, there's an image that comes, right? It is. And sometimes Q men don't see themselves in the frame of being that successful family man. Yep. And the reality of it is, man, God has given you the potential to become that successful family man, let's say, you know, all the raw materials.